This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host Chris Lim. Today we have with us Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Robo Investment Advisory in Dawas. And today we'll be talking about ETFs versus unit trusts. What are they? What's the difference? And are there any myths about them that we should clear up? Welcome to the show, Greg. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. What does Indawas do in a nutshell? So Indawas is the first and only digital investment advisor to help people grow their CPF, SRS, and cash. Okay. And today we're talking about ETFs and unit trusts. What are ETFs? What are unit trusts? And how would an investor make use of them? That's a really great question, Chris. One we often get from our clients. ETFs and mutual funds are essentially the same thing. So uh, this is going to be a bit controversial to say because they're now often seen in a very different light, but they are essentially the same thing. Both of them invest in a strategy. And that strategy, let's just talk about stock, unit trusts, and ETFs. A stock, unit trust, or ETF will invest in a pool of stocks and they will both do that. So you can have an S&P 500 unit trust, and you can have an S&P 500 ETF. They would essentially be the same thing. Sometimes the cost might be different. Sometimes the currency in which it's denominated are different. But in terms of what the objective is for you as a buyer of this ETF or mutual fund, it is the same thing. There's one distinct difference in that an ETF is listed. So it's listed on an exchange. It could be listed in Singapore. It could be listed in the US. It could be listed in the UK. By being listed, it means that you have what they call intraday liquidity. So you can trade the ETF as if it were a stock, which means you can trade it within the day. With a mutual fund, it is priced once per day at the net asset value of the underlying securities of that mutual fund. So there's only one point in the day where you can buy and sell the unit trust. For the benefit of some of our listeners, mutual funds and unit trusts, other than governing structure and things like maturity dates, which are a rather small, I guess, qualification. Mutual funds and unit trusts are essentially the same thing, correct? That is correct. Mutual funds and unit trusts are the same thing. Unit trust, I think, is the more common term in Singapore. If you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation with Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Digital Advisory Endow Us. And we've been talking about ETFs and unit trusts, we just established that unit trusts and mutual funds are essentially the same thing. Now, I also understand that, I mean, ETFs are essentially a wrapper. I mean, they're a structure you put around financial products so that you can trade them on exchanges. So, I mean, anything could go into an ETF, right? I mean, a fund can go in, REITs can go in, bonds and commodities can be wrapped in an ETF and then you could buy and sell them, correct? That is correct. But that does come at a cost as well, which people may not be aware of. So when a security is listed, let's say an ETF is listed, it is now subject to the market forces of supply and demand. That means that there will be something called a bid-ask spread on that ETF versus what it should be 
based on its net asset value. So the net asset value is the underlying worth of the securities that the ETF owns. And then the bid-ask spread will be trading around that number based on supply and demand of investors. So let's take Vanguard, for example, which is one of the largest ETF providers. What ends up happening is that if the price of the ETF sways too far from the net asset value of that ETF, let's say it goes up, they will have to create units, more units of the ETF to normalize the price. So it's the job of the fund manager to keep on adding units or removing units from the ETF so that supply and demand ends up somewhere close to the net asset value. But what it means is that when you buy an ETF, you're not actually getting the net asset value of the underlying securities. With a unit trust, it's priced once a day at the net asset value. So you buy and so the buyers and the sellers are transacting at one price once per day. And that's it. So in our view, it's actually a very convenient way for investors who do not need what we call intraday liquidity to trade it on the open market. The other thing to note about ETFs is that because they are on an exchange, there is usually a cost to trading that security. You know, you have to trade it through a broker and you need to pay the broker commissions to make that trade. So there is a trading cost and then there is a cost of the bid-ask spread. And then there's actually one third cost. So the availability of ETFs on the SGX is limited as compared to the UK and the US. The US probably has the most ETFs right now in the world and are very popular because they are low cost. Now, the problem with US listed ETFs as a Singapore based investor is that you are subjecting yourself to unnecessary dividend withholding tax. So as an example, if I am buying an ETF that a China ETF that's listed in the US, I'm essentially buying a US company because that ETF is a US entity. So there's going to be dividend withholding tax from the Chinese companies that this US entity owns when it goes to the US. And then there's going to be dividend withholding tax from the US to Singapore and an additional 30%. This may seem small, because you say, oh, it's 30% of my dividends. But if the dividends are 3%, you've just added 0.9% to your cost for no reason whatsoever. So please be careful when you are buying ETFs. Great, Greg. You've helped us sort of figure out some of the differences between ETFs and unit trusts. But you did mention earlier that essentially ETFs and unit trusts, I mean, when people buy them, they buy them for similar aims, similar investment aims. But how do you figure out whether to buy ETFs or unit trusts, what the balance should be? How does, for example, digital financial advisor like Endowas help an investor figure that out? So uh, a great question. We are actually agnostic to the instrument we use. So we don't care if it's a unit trust or an ETF, but we strongly believe based on the availability of products there are more suitable unit trusts for a Singapore-based investor than there are ETFs. For example, we access unit trusts that are run by Dimensional Fund Advisors and PIMCO for our cash and SRS portfolios, which are not available as ETFs at all. 
So you are able to access these strategies that have very long track records of outperforming the market, and you cannot access this in an ETF format. Okay, thanks for helping us figure some of that out. Again, differentiating ETFs and unit trusts and explaining a bit about Endowser's approach to uh, figuring this out for investors. You mentioned some of the pros of unit trust, and you mentioned some of the pros of DFA funds, dimensional financial advisors, and some of the things to watch out for, such as taxes when it comes to ETF. We've been speaking with Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Robo Investment Advisor in Dawas. Thanks for being with us, Greg. Thank you, Chris. That's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. That was an SPH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.